Hi, I'm Grant. Normally, this would be when you would hear my intro or I'd put some joke, but that didn't feel appropriate this week. Not after Tuesday. Before I go any further, I'm going to put a big preface here saying that I will be talking about what transpired in Texas this week for the entire episode. I know that wound is still fresh for a lot of us and it's deeply upsetting, so consider this your formal warning before I continue. I struggle with this episode. I'm sure at this point in the wake of yet another shooting, this time involving elementary school kids, we all feel a spiraling sadness and anger. We get upset for any one of a multitude of reasons. The loss of life, the ever-increasing number of shootings our country is asked to endure, the inevitable political response or lack thereof to the entire situation, the list can go on and on. And I'm right in there with you. With every new detail or think piece that comes out regarding this, the anger just festers and swells. The topic dominates your mind and your social media, and eventually you just get anger fatigue. How many hate posts can we possibly make? How much doom scrolling can we possibly be forced to read? How many times can we possibly explain these tragedies to our kids? How can we in good mind continue on living our normal lives, knowing that 19 families' lives just changed forever? And that this was just one of three shootings in the last two weeks we've had to witness. Eventually, you just run out of emotion. But quite frankly, I don't want to forget about or let go of my rage over the situation. So, instead of taking to social media, I have opted to spend some time here, in front of the microphone, to put down a digestible, thorough, and complete list all the reasons why we should be mad and stay mad. Right now in the episode, we are at the beginning of the spiral. And if you are mentally able to delve down, we're going to let ourselves spiral all the way down. Like me, your initial anger probably spans from this word. Again. Whatever inflection you put on that word, I'm sure the vast majority of people who witness this all feel anger stemming from that word, regardless of political affiliation, gender, race, nationality, what have you. All of us asked again when the news broke. Again, as in another shooting this month. Again, as in another shooting at a school. Again, as in another shooting at an elementary school. 10 years after Sandy Hook. Again, as in, of course the shooter had no problem buying the gun. And again, as in seeing politicians offer thoughts and prayers to the families. Or even again, as in, oh great, now they're going to talk about gun bans. And that last again, I'd imagine, is usually where phase two of your anger starts. Phase two, when the statistics start getting thrown out and the politicians get on TV to grandstand about the issue. So let's get started by throwing some of those statistics out there. In 2022 alone, there have been 27 shootings just in schools. In the United States, during 2022, to this point, 
there have been over 200 mass shootings. Now, that's a huge number, and the mass shooting, of course, is defined as any shooting incident where two or more people were injured or killed. Let's make the number even more jarring. Between the years of 2009 to 2018, so not even including the last three and a half years because this number would skyrocket, the U.S. had 288 mass shootings. So already, 2022 is on pace to tie a number it took us nine years to build up to. The next closest country in that time span to the U.S. in mass shootings is Mexico. Coming in at eight. Eight! Less than one a year. If you visit TheOnion.com, a satirical website whose only intention is to lampoon the news in the 24-hour news media cycle, you'll see one headline over and over again. A headline they've used every time there's a mass shooting. All of those articles are on display and they all read the same headline. No way to prevent this, says only nation where this regularly happens. It's upsetting. So at this point, your anger is appropriately pointed at the party that goes out of their way at every opportunity to defend your quote-unquote right to own a firearm, their wild interpretation of the Second Amendment, the Republicans. We've already heard a lot of their mass shooting greatest hits. Our thoughts and prayers are with the families. The issue isn't guns, it's mental health. We should be arming our teachers, increase police funding, and put them in schools. And my personal favorite, we don't have to politicize this while the families are still in mourning. But this time, they get a fun new spin because the shooter's last name was Ramos, and it was in Texas near the border. So maybe immigration is the real culprit. I will say, though, that shooter was from North Dakota. So not even a Texas native, you fucking jackasses. Now, Texas Senator and possible Zodiac Killer Ted Cruz did have a pretty unique solution. He said in a televised interview on numerous occasions that schools should have one door in and one door out, and there should be armed cops at that door. So the solution, of course, isn't gun control. It's that schools have too many doors. None of the solutions have been real, of course. Not that any of them are even any good, but the GOP has been pretty unwilling to even test their own theories. So they mainly just get on TV and say whatever random bullshit keeps the National Rifle Association happy and donating to them and go about their merry way. Except this time, we know one of their solutions didn't work. The town this shooting occurred in gives a whopping 40% of their budget to arming and supporting their police force. The police were on the scene an hour after the shooter was reported. When they got there, they did not engage as they feared the shooter's weapon was an AR-15 and believed he was wearing bulletproof armor. Essentially, they just let him walk around the school for fear of their own safety. 
as parents that are rushing to the school to make sure their fucking kids were okay, the police formed a perimeter and actively prevented them from entering the area. And I know where you're going to say, well, that's just for the parents' safety. But the police went as far to tase parents who got too rowdy and put one in handcuffs. After the shooter killed 21 people, 19 of which, again, were children, it was confirmed he had no armor on. Any cop on the scene who watched the killer waltz into the school could have finally led some credence to the good guy with a gun argument the GOP loves to rattle off. But no. The NRA might stop sending them money, so those coward cops failed, despite having every possible advantage the Republican and gun-loving people in government think they should have. Pathetic. Inexcusable. Speaking of the NRA, here's a few other things to really rile you up. It's no secret the NRA funds GOP political runs. Utah Senator Mitt Romney has racked in over $13 million from them over the course of his political career. But the NRA is also having a convention this week in Texas with keynote speakers including Texas Governor Greg Abbott and Donald Trump. The kicker? Guns are banned from the convention for safety concerns. And then while you're in the middle of your heated hatred of a party that is clearly at the beck and call of a gun lobby, no matter how many people die at the hands of weapons that are literally designed to kill and are sold for commercial private use, you really start thinking about those assholes and all the things they forced upon us. Donald Trump aside, we've had the Supreme Court backloaded with conservative religious extremists who want to ban abortions in order to save babies' lives, but those same people then spend their time in the Senate blocking things like gun control, affordable health care, student loan forgiveness, 8 and 9-11 first responders with lingering health issues, and most recently, a bill that would have sped up a production of baby formula to combat the shortage. And then today, the Senate GOP once again blocked a bill to help prevent domestic terrorism. And with so much happening all the time, all at once, you watch those wolves gobble every morsel they can while actively working to make life in America worse, so as long as it makes their donors happy. Then that rage, it boils and spills to the point where you can't fucking sleep at night. So you try to protest, you donate, you try to educate yourself and others as much as you can, and still nothing changes. They tout their beliefs and politics as pro-life while actively passing and blocking laws that directly lead to unimaginable death. My ass pro-life. But then you remember, wait a minute. Don't the Democrats have control of Congress and the presidency? The Democrats. The ones thumping the drum for reform across the board. The politicians we celebrated and cheered for in the streets after 2020 when we finally hit Trump to the curb, the people we rallied behind to take the Senate back, the ones who have the majority in all three houses of government, certainly we can make some positive change happen. But alas, nope. We've had about a year of the Biden presidency, and basically everything we have asked for has fallen on deaf ears. 
The sad, cold truth of the matter is, for as much as the GOP is openly evil and diabolical, the Democrats also benefit from our grief and suffering. They're just better at hiding it. Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, was pretty busy the day of the shooting. No, she wasn't busy making phone calls to the families or raising funds for them or funding a political candidate who can finally get gun control the way we want it to be. No, 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 none of that. She was making robocalls to support congressional candidate Henry Quaylar. Quaylar, while a registered Democrat, is generally supported by the NRA. He has an A rating from them, and he's considered to be one of the last pro-life Democrats left. He's running for Congress in Texas, where the shooting happened. And because of those robocalls, he is expected to have a narrow lead over his opponent by about 200 votes. We often hear after a tragedy that the GOP flat out refuses to do anything about it. So we have to vote those evil people out of office, which is all well and good. But what happens when you do that? And you get Trump and a lot of his buddies out of office. You even flip states like Georgia and Arizona to blue for the first time in decades. And then the Dems basically refuse to do anything remotely progressive. While gas prices skyrocket, more kids die, and every promise that was made during Biden's campaign gets left by the wayside. Biden is the leader of the free world. He's sitting at the head of the table and he's banging on said table and asking why isn't anyone doing anything about this when he is fully the one who can be doing anything about this. If they wanted the problem fixed, they'd fix them. But the truth is they like the holy war. If there's a clear enemy to fight, they can use that to win elections and retain power while giving more money to cowardly police officers who don't stop shooters but do shoot unarmed black people. They go ahead and support Democratic candidates whose only job it is to be roadblocks. It's not just Henry Quaylar. Have you noticed how completely unhelpful Kristen Cinema has been? Have you noticed how completely unhelpful the West Virginia senator has been? They are trying so hard to get the Republicans to like them, and they can't even get that right. So everything you felt ultimately leads to nothing. A vortex of rage swirling in your soul with no productive place to channel such rage. The rage eventually dissipates because, cruel as it sounds, it's not affecting you. At least not right now. And But one day it might. My hometown, Las Vegas, was the location for one of the deadliest shootings in U.S. history at a music festival. I live here. We mourned, we cried, we held memorials, we raised funds for the families, and after a little while, we moved on. Newer things happened. Some of the funds we raised for families got used for other things, thanks to political whatever the fucks. Then our hockey team got good. Some more music festivals came here. More people moved here. Vegas Strong was five years ago. And we're still kind of in the same boat. No laws were passed. Nothing changed. You can still buy a gun at Walmart. And at the bottom of your rage spiral is this feeling. It's not going to get fixed. Nothing I do will help. 
No use hanging on to this feeling. If I'm going to be mad, but it doesn't hurt me and I can't fix it, I should just move on. I might as well just take care of me and my own, because that's the only sphere of influence I have. I see new and expecting and young parents say things like, I'll just have to homeschool my kids, I can't trust society. And that's the really sad thing. America has this unique problem because that's just how Americans are. Even the best of us, the ones with the high empathy who take things incredibly hard or just see all the societal woes and want them fixed, eventually we all succumb to the selfishness that drives the bad guys. Nothing more I can do. I'll just worry about my community, my family, me. There isn't an answer. I mean, there is. It's ban all assault weapons like literally every other civilized country has done and offer lucrative buyback programs for any and all guns to current gun owners and have far more extensive background checks, but we're never going to get any of that. Hell, we could even angle the whole mental health awareness thing by passing Medicare for all and looping mental health into that. Boom! Solves that problem. No more mental illness problems for people who can have someone to talk to because it's finally affordable. But no, we're not getting any of that. The governor of Texas actually blocked two bills. One regarding background checks and one for mental health funding in Texas. So yeah, not gonna happen. I personally don't have a lot of hope for an immediately better country. Despite 27 school shootings this year. I'm sorry to end this on a bummer note, but I don't want us to lose sight of the anger and demand for more from society. Nothing short of a drastic shift in how we govern is going to change anything, so fight for that as hard as you are able. But ultimately, take care of each other. If our government chooses to fail us and are most vulnerable, may we as community members never do so thank you for listening i wasn't planning on releasing an episode this week until this happened and i just wanted to get my anger out into the ether in the hopes that my anger can spark further anger and we as a society can come together angry as hell and push the people in power in the right direction and if that direction is off of their goddamn chairs, so be it. I hope you continue to be beacons of hope and influence in your spheres. Never stop talking about this. Never stop being the angry friend. Always, always fight to do what's right and keep us going in a positive direction. We're not right now. But maybe as this generation ages and gains more influence and gets more and more fed up, and just maybe we'll get there. Thank you for listening.